right, guys, that was a preview from our artist, our guest on today, Morales Smalls. Welcome to another episode of Sublime Minds. I am your host, Tori, and we're going to jump right in. Mr. Morales Smalls, could you please give us an introduction of yourself? Hello, you guys. My name is Morales Smalls, like she said. Um, like she said, I'll have new music playing right now, Taste and See, featuring the beautiful Miss Adia. Make That's sure you guys song. go ahead and check that out. It's available now. Album will be available June 18th. I'm excited about that. Let's go ahead and get it. Let's get it. So I have the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Morales before his album comes out. I have a few questions for you for the audience. First one, why did you choose the name for your album? And tell them what is the name of your album and tell them why. So I chose the name No Pain, No Purpose. And um, No Pain, No Purpose came for me um, because I know in life we go through things. A lot of people think that because you go through pain um, that you don't have a purpose, that you know because you're, you're imperfect, God can't use you. And that's not really the case. Um, just like they say, no pain, no gain. Um, without the pain, you wouldn't have a purpose. So I was just in that season at the time of creating this album. I still am a little bit, um, you know, figuring out my purpose. So no pain, no purpose. No pain, no purpose. No pain, no purpose. When I think about no pain, no purpose, it's like you say, no pain, no gain. And sometimes we want to skip over the pain part to get to our purpose. Mm -hmm. But you can't get to the purpose without the pain because it is the pain that's going to equip you to handle your purpose. Right. So what do you tell somebody who wants to skip over <laughs> the pain part to get to the purpose or, or they might just want a little bit of pain before the purpose. Um, I would tell them that's not possible. That's not, <laughs> that's not how God works. Like whenever there's a calling on your life, you have to go do things because you're going through is going to help be a testimony for the next person that you have to help, whether that's through your gift of music or you being a teacher, a minister, whatever the case may be, you going through is going to help somebody else come out of what they're going through. So basically what you're saying is your your pain is not always necessarily for you, mm -hmm. but the purpose of your pain mm -hmm. is to actually help somebody else come right. out of what they're in. Exactly. So does that help you continue to go on to the next? Does that help you continue to strive for greatness when you're thinking about how much pain you're in, but you're then thinking about, okay, who is this going to help? Yeah, it, it definitely helps because a lot of times you, you want to give up, um, especially as a creator, as myself and just the type of music that I do. Um, I was like, God, especially while creating this, I was like, God, like, why did I choose the name No Pain No Purpose? Because this is, I'm really going to do some pain right now. Um, so why, why is this happening to me? So, um, you know, of course, there were times I wanted to, to give up because of that, but I knew what the end goal was. Um, and I know that it's not just for me, but that is for the, the next person who went through what I went through, for the people I have looking up to me, for, um, you know, the fans I may have who be going through the same thing. So. So you made the comment, the type of music that you create. Tell, mm -hmm. tell us about that. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> um, so my friends would call it, as they say, life music. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I don't. I don't like being put inside a box and just being a um, a Christian artist because sometimes I don't always mention Jesus. I don't always mention God, but um, God just happens to be a part of my life. He's the main focus on my life. So um, I would definitely call it life music. It's something that you can vibe to. Again, if it doesn't mention Jesus, it's it's positive. So that's why I call it life music. Okay, so you create life music. Mm -hmm. And with your life music, what type of message do you present to the audience? Because you want to stay away from being labeled as a gospel artist, but you're spreading the gospel in a different way, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So what to somebody who does not understand, okay, he said life music, he said positive but to a person that is a gospel artist or that is inside of the church, can you explain to them why you consider yourself more life music than gospel artists? What, what mm -hmm. is that main, main difference? Because you, like you say, you have some Christian songs, mm -hmm. but 
a lot of people want to put people inside of that gospel artist yeah. box. Yeah, definitely. Like, for example, I have a song called True Friend featuring Chastity and designed by God. And in that song, I mentioned um, being drunk off of Bacardi. You know, a regular <laughs> gospel artist, they're not going to talk about that. Well, I can't say everybody, but a lot of people aren't because they're scared. Like, oh, well, I have these people who, who look up to me and they're going to be, oh, well, you, you drinking Bacardi. Like, no, I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's about my life and I'm helping you get through. So you may be at that time sipping on some Bacardi, but you hear this song and you be like, you know what? I don't have to be doing this. Like, I got God as my friend. I don't have to depend on this liquor to help me, you know, get through what I'm going through. I have God. So that's why I say life music because Christians and the way that they put Christian artists inside the box, um, I don't fit that box. Outside the box, non-traditional, huh? Because mm -hmm. one of my models is, you know, you can't put God inside of a box. So why would you put me inside of a box? God Let's is in go. me. Let's go. So. Help help the saints and the non-saints <laughs> and the eights and whatever you want to consider yourself. Because I know mm -hmm. it's with this whole non-traditional thing, because I consider mm -hmm. myself non-traditional. And when coming out, out of the box in reference to not being traditional, and we call it churchy, mm -hmm. but what has the struggle been in breaking that barrier or crossing crossing that bridge with making this what you consider life music has it been judgmental has it has people you know felt some type of way about it have you mm -hmm. been ridiculed have you been called a fake christian mm -hmm. what is it like to cross that bridge into being a life artist versus a gospel artist you know i think people just kind of the looks of people and honestly the lack of support when it comes to that area because you know you could have a gospel artist and they get called to your church, you know, ready to, to do ministry and all those things. But mm -hmm. with me, they probably listen to my stuff and they kind of like, mm, like <laughs> can't be saying nothing about no Bacardi in this church, you know? And it's not necessarily <laughs> that I've crossed any negative comments or anything like that, but whenever you know, you know, because I started off, honestly, well, I started off doing R&B and then, you know, Growing up in the church I grew up in, which is AME, I um, was like, you know what? Let me try to do this hand clapping, stump, foot stumping music and all this stuff. Like, let, let me try this. My God. But it wasn't me. And God was like, like, I made you to be different. So be you. So I took what I was doing for the world and I did it for God. By the way, that's the title of one of the songs on the album, Just Be You. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. So since we're here. Can you tell the people about the song Just Be You that is on the album No Pain, No Purpose that comes mm -hmm. out June? Yes. So um, Just Be You, first of all, I'm dedicating that song to my nieces and my nephews because I wanted to have a record on there that reminded them, um, even when I'm long gone, that no matter what the world tries to throw at you, you have to be yourself. God created you to be different. If God created us the same, the world would be a boring place. If we were just Absolutely. walking around, everybody wearing the same colors, everybody wearing the same thing, we marching in just a, a straight line, almost like something off the apocalypse or something like that. <laughs> like, nah, like, what would the world be like? So if you're made to be different, which you are, you're made to be different, then be just that. Be who God called you to be and, and walk in your authority, walk in your purpose. Tell me what is your favorite song off the album no pain no purpose um i would say my favorite honestly is waves i have a record called waves it was written by me and demetrius mcintosh and by justin biz um and it's, it's a record that first it started off Okay, so the record started off as a traditional gospel song. I wrote mm -hmm. that song maybe three years ago, <laughs> and it was a traditional gospel song. And I took it and I flipped. I was like, you know what? Like, no, nah, I know what my calling is. I'm gonna stay in my lane. So we took it and we redid it and everything. And it's just talking about how God's love hits you like a wave. Like if you ever been in the ocean and a wave mm -hmm. hits you, a lot of times if you go further enough, it hits you head first. And that's how God Sheesh. is. Like he changes your mind first and then everything else comes with it. So that's where waves came from. And it's just a very 
um, intimate song for me. That's why it's one of my favorites. Man, all right. So you want to preach, or no. <laughs> you know, do I need to get my tambourine no. and the sheets, or nah? No, no. no? Okay, okay. Mm-mm. Sheesh. So Mm-mm. his favorite song off the album is "Waves." I have had the pleasure of going to the studio up and down the road. I have had the pleasure of witnessing how hard you have worked on these songs and by the way all his songs are originals written by him given to him by god Mm -hmm. he is a writer incredible incredible lyrics but i've had the pleasure of seeing the behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. i have a hard time picking my favorite song it just depends on the mood i'm in he's so versatile this album is so versatile you get a a dope beat in the car you lit you got your shades on then <laughs> you might get a song you know like ways it's real intimate and mm-hmm. i mean you get every emotion so mm-hmm. whatever mood you in yeah. all you put in no pain no purpose turn Listen, it on the album i'm telling you you will find something that fits your mood mm-hmm. but two of my favorites it's hard for me to pick is only human which is your original version um, it's the first song you recorded, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first song you recorded, Only Human. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, another version that has Reggie Rock on there. Yep. So Only Human is my all-time fave. Tell us about Only Human. Okay, yeah. So Only Human, you guys, that's not on the album, but it's out. Oh, it's not on the album. <laughs> so yeah, but y'all can get that but too. It's out, yeah, it's out available on all digital platforms everywhere. Um, but yeah, Only Human, it came to me at a time where I was very, very, very low in life. And um, I honestly, I didn't want to do music. I didn't want to do nothing. I was just like, eh, I'm just here. Um, and I was in Tennessee when God mm-hmm. gave me that song, actually on vacation with, with my family. And even then with my family, I was just so depressed. I wasn't interacting with them. I would stay in my room and stuff. And God, he gave me that song. and. Um, it really ministered to me first, which any artist out there, that's how your song should be anyway. Your song should minister to you first before it can minister to anybody else. Um, so it really ministered to me and kind of helped me to realize that no matter what I'm going through in life, I'm only human. Um, yeah, I may slip, I may fall, but God is always there and um, just trust him. So that's where Only Human came from. That's my song, listen. Mm-hmm. Only Human, go buy it now on all digital platforms. Mm-hmm. You can buy the original or I recommend getting both because the original is a little bit different than the version with Reggie Rock on there. But right. I, I recommend both. So since that's not on the album, I still get two more picks. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick Taste and See. Yo, you guys heard mm-hmm. Taste and See in the beginning. That's my jam. Tell us about Taste and See. And this one is on the album. Yes, so Taste and See just like most of my songs one day i was listening to some tracks and um i ran across one talked to my producer about it i was like okay you know i like this so i started writing and i was like taste and see that the lord is good well, you know the scripture says oh taste and see that the lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts in him Come on. so i was like okay what can i do with this so i started writing and then when I got done right, I was like, you know, people might really think this is an R&B Taste song. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, you know, I had a different version. And then I had one of my friends, he came in and he was like, let's you try it this way. And that's how we got the taste and see how it is now as far as the chorus. Um, again, which is, it's, it's, I love writing with people now. Before, I would always try to you know, write by myself. But I love getting different people's opinions because it kind of helps, you know, me. Make sure it's a good song. Um, but Taste and See, like I said, I was kind of skeptical about putting it out only because the name Taste and See. Mm-hmm. And you know how the world with people mind Taste and what? And what we like, see in it. Okay. But once I recorded the song and I started playing it for people, I mean, I played for the Dugs of Dugs. I played it for everybody and everybody loved it. They were like, this gospel, like, I love this. And that's what it's about. Like, you want to make records that people outside of the four walls can hear and it can touch them in such a way. 
That's life music. Yes. That's being effective. Mm -hmm. That is kingdom building, working. I love Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So taste and see. That that was one of my top two because I get two more since the (laughs) only humans I know. Now my second one, this is kind of hard. I wanna say broken ones with cool days. Mm -hmm. I know you was gonna say when I hear broken ones, first of all, when the beat drops, sheesh. (laughs) I'm in the car. I got my shades on, windows down, I'm lit in the city. Do you hear me? (laughs) Broken ones. Now, again, I had the pleasure of hearing the the original, original broken ones, and it was nothing like this. Mm -hmm. And I remember you played the song for me, and I'm very blunt. I told you I told you the song was trash, but the lyrics were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, we, we talked about you redoing it, and then you mm-hmm. said no, and then the Lord must have whispered in your ear and told you to redo that song. Mm-hmm. And man, when you redid it this time, this <laughs> my jam. So tell us about Broken Ones. So yes, Broken Ones, that was written, um, I believe, in 2017, actually. And I released it, and um, it had Young C on there. Shout out mm-hmm. to Young C; he's an awesome rapper. Um, but you know, it didn't, it, it didn't do too well, and I felt <laughs> I felt as though it could be <laughs> better, um, only because Broken Ones it's an anthem because it's a lot of broken people out there who think that God can't use you. When in all actuality, God wants to use you. He uses the broken people. If you look in the Bible, almost everybody that He uses was broken. So, you know, what makes you think that he doesn't want to use you because you're broken? So, first, again, I created the anthem for me. Okay, yeah, I'm broken, but you know what? God's still going to use me. He's going to turn around for his glory, right? So, um, I went to my producer and was like, you know, I want to redo this record. And he started playing with some, um, I call it (laughs) 80s or 70s um, England stuff. I don't know the exact term for it, but it's like that. (laughs) Like it's it's crazy. First of all, shout out to Luke G because he's the goal. Luke G the goal. The bomb. <laughs> so um, I went to him and we made the record happen. And um, like she said, Cool Davis on the extended version. I do have a version by myself um, with my background singer Jaden Williams. He's doing something at the end of it. But um, outside of that, Cool Dave is on the extended version, and both of those will be on the album. So make sure you guys stream it. You will turn up to it. When does the album come out again? June 18th. June 18th. No pain, no purpose. Next Friday. You gotta get it. Oh, next Friday. Mm-hmm. It's a Friday. You getting paid. If you didn't get paid this Friday, coming up already. Mm-hmm. Next Friday, you will be paid. So I need you to go purchase No yes. Pain, No Purpose. Mm-hmm. I need you to go buy it on all digital platforms. Please, please, please. So with no pain. No purpose in the album. I'm going to ask you this. If you could change anything about the gospel industry, mm-hmm. what would it be and why? Um, If I could change anything about the gospel industry, I would change the support system. I would make it where, mm-hmm. um, you know, us as brothers and sisters in Christ, where we really support each other and we're really there for each other. Um a lot of times it's every man for himself when it comes to the gospel industry, which is mm-hmm. crazy because when you look at, not saying it doesn't happen in like the secular world, mm-hmm. but in the secular world, they actually have more support. They have more of a, a sisterhood and a brotherhood when it comes to the music mm-hmm. versus like, especially like rappers and R&B singers like you, they put the next person on. Okay. You want, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But here, you know, in the gospel industry, um, it's it's more so of um, every man for yourself. Um, Do you feel like it's a competition? Yeah, it's more of like a competition. And, like, the people who are at the top, like, if you can run and all that stuff and you do all that stuff, um, you know, then you're at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. Just because you can run doesn't mean that you're anointed, you know. So Jeez. whenever they run and they sound real good, it may make you feel like, oh yeah, they're anointed. Oh, it touched me. No, their sin can touch you, but did they break something in you? Did they break the yoke? No. So you telling me it's many 
artists out here labeled as gospel artists that mm-hmm. have the skill and have the gift, but they're running off no oil. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> this man, Mr. Morales, said <laughs> that people get confused when they hear these artists that are considered considered gospel artists. And they feel like, oh, I felt that in my soul. And you may, you may have felt it, but understand that all the time, it's not always the anointing that you're mm-hmm. feeling. Right. So mm-hmm. can you explain the difference? Mm-hmm. And I would I, I feel like personally, to me, it's it's a difference in you're a performer. Right. Mm-hmm. You're just an artist mm-hmm. or you're a worshiper. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Okay. So like she said, a performer, a performer, just somebody, you know, you have a gift, you know, everybody has a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so performing is just what it says. You get out there, you, you perform, you don't really have any, any meaning behind it. You're just doing it as entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, worship to me is whenever you know you're surrendering everything to god you, you get lost in that moment you don't mm-hmm. even see anybody out there it's just you and god it's, it's that one-on-one that everybody talks about mm-hmm. um and i just believe that whenever you're uh, an artist even with me being life music i know somebody must say, well, didn't he just say he do life music yes but i still represent god so even with that i still worship because mm-hmm. worship comes first Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it. So what? Okay. So what is the significance and the importance of doing life music, but putting worship first? Help mm-hmm. the people that's that's like you said on the edge. Well, he mm-hmm. said he do life music. Make it make sense mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, because my life includes God. He is the source mm-hmm. of my life. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have what I have with the gifts to to write, to sing, anything like that. So in order for me to, to have what I have to be able to do live music, I have to put God first. I have to. He's the one who gives me these songs. So my co-pastor, she made a comment before, and she was like, you know, God has a vault with your name on it, mm-hmm. with just songs that he keeps pouring out to you, which is true because a lot of times when I write these songs, God quit me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He can wake me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter but it's it's him giving me the songs. It's not Morales. So I have no choice but to worship him because if I continue to do it, I'm, but I owe him because I owe him that. If I continue to do that, he's going to do nothing but continue to pour down blessings, which is these songs to me. It's the humility for me. You said mm-hmm. it's not you, but it's God giving you the song mm-hmm. and you owe him. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you owe him if you're the one writing the songs and you're the one recording. Why do you feel like you owe God? Well, I owe God because Morales wasn't always like this. He was speaking in person, but you know, I, I wasn't always like this. And it's because of him that I'm able to do what I do. It's because of him that I'm I'm free now. You know, so that's that's why I say I owe him that. If if nothing else, I owe my gifts back to God. I should give them back to him. So that's why I do what I do. So because you owe God and because you you honor God and you let the people know that it's not you, that it's God, I feel like that's giving God glory in what you do. And that's why God will continue to give you those downloads of mm-hmm. these amazing life songs. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go into your career. Give us a little background about how did you start out? When did you start out? And then where you are now as far as career, singing, writing, all that. Okay, so let me sum it up because, you know, I could talk about that all day. Yeah, yeah. Su- sum us up now. <laughs> um, So I know I started writing whenever I was 13. I started singing when I was 12. I remember I was riding a car with my parents. They had this, I think it was like a 2000 green Mazda. And we was riding in a car and we was listening to Yolanda Adams, I believe it was. And I started singing. My mom, she was like, mm, what you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna say, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Before then, it I didn't have an interest in that. You know, of course, I've always loved music, but I've never, you know, wanted to sing or anything. But I started singing. I was like, 
I like this. I started singing in church and stuff, and I wrote my first song at 13. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I watched this Tyler Perry play. Um, was Medea Goes to Jail, I think it was, <laughs> the play. And um, they were singing this song, um, Terrell, the, the one all the ladies would go crazy over him. He was mm-hmm. singing some song. And I took that song, I took a word that he said, and I turned it to an actual song that I ended up using three years later when I turned 16 in my RV group. But I didn't tell them that. I wrote it when I was 13. Whoa, so... whoa, whoa, pause, 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 pause. Pause. Okay, you're not just going to run over this RV group part and just think you're going to keep on going. We need to want to, we, we, we need some details on this RB group thing. <laughs> So I was in a couple of groups. So the first group I was in was in an RB group with my brother. Shout out to Craig. It was my brother. It was him and one of his friends. We had an RB group. They wasn't taking it serious, so we didn't last long at all. <laughs> um <laughs> the second group I was in was a rock band, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in a rock band. I love rock music too, y'all. Um, and we were called Night Frost. And we were actually pretty good. But again, you know, that wasn't God's will for my life. So that didn't last long. So here I go, because I've always wanted to be in a group, right? So I'm like, okay, let me join another R&B group. So some of my friends, they had an R&B group. I mean, we was out here about to go sing at churches and stuff, but it never happened, y'all. It's like God kept blocking it. Like every time we would try to go do a performance or anything, it wouldn't go. I was like, well, God, like, what? I mean, every time I join somebody's group, we break apart. So, pause right there. So, you said every time you were trying to do something that you felt like was good and join a group, God blocked it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people sell themselves short sometimes and then they get frustrated? Like, God, why isn't this happening? I'm trying mm-hmm. to use my gift. I'm trying to do what, what you said to do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to use these talents, but I just want to be a part of this group. But... Mm-hmm. Sometimes God wants you to do that thing that he told you to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was a thing for me. Like, I um, I remember we used to have plays and stuff at school and like, you know, kids can be mean. So I would sing and you would have this kid who's younger than me. I mean, do sound just like Chris Brown. In fact, we were singing this Christmas. And afterwards, you know, we did it, whatever. And afterwards, people were like, oh, yeah, you sounded good. But how are you going to let this kid outdo you, man? He sounded like Chris Brown. You know, it's like, what? Like, but you tell me I did good. So it's always like a, a thing of me trying to get people's a, a, approval. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, if I get in this group, and they're going to look at all of us, you know. Right. But with a group, you know, everybody's offering something. Um, so... That's why I always join the group trying to try to hide. But, mm. Hiding. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I was looking for. The group was to hide you. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to do it, but you didn't really want the spotlight because mm-hmm. you wanted you wanted to be able to hide within the group, not have to go through the ridicule and 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 the confrontations or maybe possibly the embarrassment. But you mm-hmm. knew that if, if you had a group up there, mm-hmm. then it's not just me. Yep, I would be comfortable. <laughs> So I can look to my left and have somebody and look to my right and have somebody. So <laughs> when did you finally figure out after God said no, how many like three, four thousand? <laughs> when did you finally get into being a solo artist? Um, so I graduated, went to college, um, and I met my brother, Philip, Philip Jenkins. Um, and he was just really hard on me, first of all. He was really hard on me because he believed in me, and that's what I needed. Um, because even again in, in college, you know, I'm joining these choirs and stuff in college, <laughs> like let me just I don't want to sing, but he saw something in me and we would sing all the time, be recording stuff. He would come over to the apartment with his guitar, and we actually started um groups um where we would come like it was every Wednesday, I believe. And we would have like five or six people. We would be in there just having worship um, sessions, mm-hmm. which was amazing. I love those. We would have bonfires and do different things like that as well. Um, so it really caused me to come out of my comfort zone. And um, at that time, right after we started doing that, one of my roommates, he knew that I was a singer. So he ran into this guy who just moved from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach. That's where I'm from, you got Myrtle Beach. Um, so he met this guy who just moved from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach. And he was telling him about me, and the guy wanted to meet up. So I'm like, 
okay. Come to find out, he wanted to give me a record deal because he had already heard some of my music. Oh, wait, wait. So you don't <laughs> had a record deal? Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Had. Had past him. Had past yes. So what happened with the record deal? <laughs> how, 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 how did that get messed up? Okay, so first of all, that definitely wasn't God's will. <laughs> my oh, okay, so you don't step out of God's will. You <laughs> yeah. got your own record deal that God did not give you, but you went and got your own record deal. But listen, like he, okay, this is how we started off. So okay, after he um wanted to sign us, first of all, it was us because at that time, y'all, I tried everything. Um, <laughs> I still, <laughs> I technically went to another group with this girl. Uh, she's an amazing singer, Paisley, amazing, because we sung at New Spring together. And we wrote this country song called Walk on Fire, which is, I'm actually working on turning that to a wedding song, you guys, I'm just saying. Anyways, so we worked on a song called Walk on Fire, and we sent it to him, and he was like, yes, like I want to sign y'all as a group. She couldn't do it. So I was like, okay, I just want to sign you. So at that point, that was a red flag. Cause I'm like, first you wanted to sign us. And then when she said no, you was like, well, I'll just take you. So now you're compromising. So it's like, did you really want to sign me? Are you just, you know, that's the first red flag. But me, 21 year old morale is like, okay. You know what I'm saying? So I told my parents, I was so excited. They got a lawyer. The lawyer looked over the contract, y'all. And she said, you know, I haven't come across a lot of recording contracts. She was like, but I would not sign this if I was you. Who? That was that was the warning before so instruction. Let me guess. <laughs> Man, just let just just a wild guess. You 21, you've been waiting on this record deal. Let, let me guess. Life. You signed the contract. I signed the contract, <laughs> y'all. Now mind you, beforehand, I had already watched a lot of stuff. Um, about record deals, especially like you know, P. Diddy stuff like Make a Man and, and all that. So I know I knew that when it came to a, a record deal that you're supposed to have at least an idea of who you want to be as an artist. I had no idea who I wanted to be as an artist. Mm. And even with him bringing me in, he was supposed to know, okay, I want to sign him as an RB artist, as an EDM, as country, whatever the case may be. But even him, he asked me, he'll say, okay, what type of artist you want to be? You want to say country, EDM, or what? I was like, Okay, pause. So <laughs> you were going into a whole new location, a whole just whole new atmosphere, mm -hmm. a whole new territory, whole whole new ground, something that you didn't know about. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had an idea about it, but you really didn't know about it. And you was going into it not even knowing who you were first. Right, yeah. So mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't matter because you didn't know who you were. They could make you into anybody. Yeah, I could have been anybody. So, mm -hmm. please stress the importance of first knowing who you are before mm -hmm. you go into anything. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to know who you are because that's how a lot of people get used. Like, even when you look at the music industry and you see a lot of people doing stuff, that may not have been something that they wanted to do. But when they signed that record deal, or that's just anything in life, relationships or anything, you know, you can be manipulated into doing things that you don't want to do. Um, so that's kind of where I was, you know. He was like, what you want to do? I was like, EDM. He was like, perfect, I do EDM beat. So it's like, it's like, yeah, I'll make you the first black EDM Christian artist, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I'm, like, I'm sitting there and I mean, the whole situation was just crazy. Like, in I don't want to go into detail about him, but the whole situation, it was just crazy, a very toxic situation. And I left that next year. I left and he called me and begged me to come back. I went back like a dummy. I went back. <laughs> and at that point, that was just it. And that's when I moved here to Greenville. All right. So you, now you're in Greenville, South Carolina. You found out who you were, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So you, you know who you are now. You know your purpose. You know what kind of music you want to do. All right, you get things popping off. Tell us about your first musical connection or career experience here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so the first one was in 2016. That's that's when I moved here, 2016. Um, 
I wouldn't even say it was like a, a really big deal, but one of the guys that I knew from New Spring, um, he was a producer. And him and his wife lived here and he did my music for me. He actually mm -hmm. did it for free. Um, but mind you, I said free. Be, side note, be careful whenever somebody does something for free because they may not give it their best. Mm, okay. Uh, free doesn't always write, mean good. Write that down, artists. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> Actually, I feel like everybody can write that down. <laughs> Free doesn't always mean good. Free doesn't always mean quality work. They just kind of do whatever. And that's not always the case, but sometimes it is, you know. Um, so we did that. I had a couple of records to come out. And at that time, I just, I think I was desperate because I was like, okay, let me just put this out, put this out. But then they ain't up there no more, y'all. I took them down because I was like, nah, this don't, uh -uh. it's so sound right. So... Um, fast forward to 2019, this is this, all this is in 2016, 2017. So, I mean, for about a good two years, I wasn't putting out anything. 2019 came, and that's when I met um, my friend, Design Demetrius. Um, he kind of introduced me to Luke G, which is in Atlanta, who's my producer now. Uncle Luke. And things went from there. He created Only Human, and I have about, what, eight or 10 songs out. So, since, since 2019 to now, all those songs came out in that time frame. So God has been good. Okay. So again, give us the, the time span of this career. Give us, give us an overview of this time span again. How many years did you say two, four to where you so, got to now? Um, so to where I got to now, I would say since, if you want to say since 2016, maybe about what? About five, five, five years. So we're going to say five, six-ish, mm -hmm. depending on months or whatever. So about, it took you, huh, it took you about five years to mm -hmm. get to No Pain, No Purpose, mm -hmm. which is your first, you, you said it's an EP, I say it's an album, I don't care, <laughs> whatever. His first album, <laughs> five years of working, five mm -hmm. years of laboring. What, what goes into being an independent artist? Ooh, y'all make sure y'all write this down, okay? Um, money. <laughs> <laughs> money is second. Honestly, you have to have God because even I remember because Tori, she she went with me. Um, but I recorded my first song, my, my first two songs, because we did two songs that night. Did we do three? Did two? I think you did two. And we, we, did two. we started on the third one, well, we didn't finish it because mm -hmm. that was a late night early. Yeah, morning. like we didn't get but, out to what? Like Man, was, that was that was, was an all-day was all studio thing. Yeah. But we got it done. We mm -hmm. got it done. Like, yeah, you know, she would always, like, volunteer to ride. I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you, you know, and stuff. So it's good to, first of all, have God first and then have a good support system. Mm -hmm. um, because if you have a good support system, anything can happen. And another motto I have, side note, is that if your dream isn't big enough for a team, your dream isn't big enough. Come okay? On. I, I love you it. You mm -hmm. have to have a team to get things done. Even now, I'm still building my team. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so that's what we did. Um, you know, had everything come up with the finances or whatever. And I'm like, okay, God, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but guess what? God made a way for the finances. So we built the team up. So we got another team member, Carrie Silvery, Coach mm -hmm. K, Coach Carrie mm -hmm. Silvery. So now we got a little traveling team going to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Now going back to the money. Independent artists, you're not signed. You paying for everything. Everything. Gas, food, <laughs> paying your producer. Mm. Paying, then you have to turn around and pay for your logo and all that. Talk mm. to the people about that part. Yeah, so like she said, you have to pay for everything. So from the song, if you get a songwriter on there, you got to pay them if they, if they want payment up front. If not, then they do a percentage whenever the song comes out. Um, you have to pay to travel to get there if you're going to different studio for studio time you mm -hmm. have to pay for your single cover you have to pay for the song to come out for any photo shoots promos different stuff like that that you may be doing you're doing all this yourself all <laughs> this so aka it's not easy to be an independent artist mm -mm. What, but what is the benefits of being an independent artist the benefit of being an independent artist is that you get to keep everything that you're um that you're selling or whatever yourself so from your music like screens or people actually buying it to your merch to your physical cd copies you may do usbs anything like that 
everything that you sell that you get back you get to keep unless of course you have a contract with um you know the background singers or the producers for them to get a cut later on as an independent artist but majority of the times you get to keep that yourself that's the benefit so let's talk about serenity sound mm -hmm. ent entertainment mm -hmm. So because you are an independent artist and you know you had your gifts and your talents and you know God's giving you this thing, Serenity Sound ENT, what is that and how did that come about? So Serenity Sound, it actually came one night whenever I was ministering to a young man, mm -hmm. um, past them, they, they had me ministering to a young man and God gave me words to speak to him. Mm -hmm. And after he gave me the words, I was like, because at that time I was still praying about starting my own label because I'm like, I've always wanted to start that, um, especially eventually bring on artists because South Carolina has a lot of talent. They really do, but they don't it have does. opportunities. Um, so he kind of, he gave me that name. I was like, okay, so we're in the sound, entertainment. Okay, let me get it started. So I started up. Um, like I said, you know, I have Tori, I have Carrie, I have Ryan on the team. And um, that's just how it came about from that night. So you went from little boy singing in the car mm -hmm. to singing at churches and stuff to being signed mm -hmm. to then being unsigned and then to going back and trying to get signed again mm -hmm. then you get around you finally you become this independent artist yourself putting your music out and everything and then now you are the owner of your own record label mm -hmm. I am. how does it feel it feels good you know because I get to dictate, you know, like when I'm gonna put a song out. If I want to drop a song tomorrow, before I'm you know, I got a vault now on some songs. If I want to drop a song tomorrow, yes, uh, before my album comes out next Friday, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, if I was signed to somebody, I wouldn't be able to do that, or I wouldn't be able to be my own creative director and stuff. Um, so that's just important to me to make sure that the vision that God gave me that I can make it come forth without having somebody else be like, Nah, I don't do that. What is your ultimate goal for Serenity Sound Entertainment? Um, I eventually wanted to be where I signed, of course, like I said, more hardest. But I wanted to be um, a world-known name because, like I said, it's a faith-based label. Uh, so that, that's important, of course. Um, I want to be able to have different studios in different areas. So, of course, here in South Carolina, preferably in Greenville. You know, I think Greenville is a good location. And then have one in Atlanta and Houston, Texas, which is where I want to move. Y'all, I'm just saying, Houston, Texas. At, at uh, August the 7th. Come on, promote. I got, <laughs> I'll be opening it up for um, Canton Jones in Houston, yes, Texas. Yes, sir. Oh, so we're I'm going excited. to <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm excited about that because it's crazy. I think mean, we kind of manifested that because we were always say, yeah, we, we, we want to go to Texas. Houston. We're going to Houston. We're going to Houston. And then boom. Yeah, but so yeah. we got a group outside. Well, it's the same little crew, but we call it the 412 culture. And mm -hmm. so um, we really help push each other in dreams and visions and goals. And we are packing up to get on the plane to go mm -hmm. to Houston mm -hmm. uh, August 7th. Yep. Morales is opening up for Canton Jones. Mm -hmm. Like, man, went from nothing to you are being pulled to open up for major, major artists. Right. You are being booked and busy and we traveling. I say we because, yeah, we going. Mm -hmm. So with that um, being said and with your album coming out, what what is exciting you most right now in your career? Um, I would say the momentum, because um, you know sometimes with, with being especially an independent artist, it can be discouraging because you don't always get the streams and stuff like that. But as I look back over my life, especially since last year, even during a, a pandemic, I remember I did um, uh, I forgot what it's called, some type of fest. Um, but the radio station, mind you, they played the thousands of art artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the farmers market. They played thousands of artists, but they felt in their heart to ask me to be one of the artists. And it was just two of us, right? Yep. That's, that. It was just two of us. It was guys. just two of us. So it's like they could have chosen anybody else, anybody else, but God placed me on their heart. So that was crazy to me. I was like, what? They want me to do what? 
like, yes, okay. Sir. So, you know, I live for those moments whenever I have people telling me, like, you know, your music touched me, it blessed me. I think that that's the most important thing to me because even that at the farmer's market, you know, I had a, a guy of a different um, skin tone, you know, you know, to come and tell me, like, you know, your music really touched me. And that's important to me, man, like making sure that everybody knows that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to stick stick up for each other. So, I love it. I, it again, it's the humility for me and the gratefulness, man. You got a lot of places to go. I need to keep me a, a, a bag already packed by the door because... <laughs> Serenity Sound, ENT, Morales Small, we up. We we on the way. Mm -hmm. So I got two more questions. Okay. What advice would you give to any artist in the industry that is not seeing the numbers or response from fans that they would like to see? Um, so I know it's hard, trust me. Sometimes I better with that on the daily. You know, it's just, it's just how it is because you constantly go and look, you constantly go and look. First of all, stop looking so much. That's what I would say. Don't look so much because you, you want to give yourself enough space to see it grow. Because if you're checking every day, just having two more screens may not seem a lot to you versus you checking it every Sunday. You may have, you know, 15, 20 more, which would, you know, excite you more. Um, but also remember who you're doing it for. Like, remember your why. Why did you start off doing this? That's important. Because um, I believe, like, if you keep reminding yourself of your why, then you'll know, okay, I need to keep on going. And also, um, remember that God gave you the vision. And even though you may not see it now, in his time, it'll happen. You know, um, my pastor said something the other day. He was like, it just takes one moment for your life to change. Like, you know, you may, it can be one day, you got 10 streams. That next day, you close to a million. You're like, well, what happened overnight? It's just how God moves. It got to the right person in the right amount of time, and it was like boom, 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 boom back to back like that. Mm. So it takes the right moment. So just keep going, man. Don't I remember I had to speak. Uh, what was it about two or three weeks ago? And I remember God gave me um, a little phrase, and it was just it really just sticks to me now. Something similar to what you said, but it's you know success. It happens in a moment. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lifetime to grow into it. Mm -hmm. It takes a lifetime to grow into it. It only takes a moment for them to call your name. Mm -hmm. It only takes a moment to sign that contract and that deal, but it takes mm -hmm. a lifetime to grow into it. Yep. And I think that fits into what you were telling um, the artists about them not really being so worried about the numbers. Mm -hmm they have to give themselves time to grow into who they are. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that you're not the vision that you see for yourself, but it takes time to grow into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes time. And um, a lot of times as time goes on, you appreciate it because the morale that I am now, I, I wasn't in 2016. So, you know, right. it's a difference. So I'm prepared for now. Um, and even my next, you know, there's different levels. So God's just preparing me for my next level. A lot of times it's about patience too. It's like God saying, okay, yeah, you ain't got this amount of screens, but are you going to be grateful for these 200 screens? Because if not, you ain't going to be grateful for the million when they come, because you can want more after that. Grateful over a few things before I make you rule over me. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we coming up on the hour mark. Any more advice or anything that you just want to give to your listeners before you give your uh, media shout outs anything else you want to say to your live viewers and those that are going to come back and stream this episode no um i would just say again you know just make sure that you're walking first in obedience because when you're obedient to god that's what matters most and also walk in your purpose. Know that um, God loves you and he wants the best for you. And no, it's not always easy. It's not always peaches and cream. Don't let nobody tell you that. Because some people try to act like they're perfect, like they got it all together. But that's a lie. From the pits of hell. <laughs> nobody <laughs> is perfect. And that's what may have a little lamb, okay? Like, y'all, God, just, just keep going. Keep trusting God. And um, if you ever need anybody to pray with you, just to talk to event to, reach out to me. Um, I'm on Instagram 
at Morales Small. Spell it for them. M-O-R-A-L-E-S-S-M-A-L-L-S. You'll see my ball head up there, my picture. <laughs> and a leather jacket. That's me. <laughs> um, and then my Facebook, again, is just my first name, Morales, and last name, Smalls. Um, so make sure you guys go follow me. Again, my music is on all digital platforms. No Pain, No Purpose comes out on June the 18th. And I have a concert called the No Pain, No Purpose release on August the 28th. Um, designed by God, Luke G, Relina Rochelle, um, and Cool Dave will be in the building. And maybe some more stuff, which y'all got to come out there and see. All right. And what's the location for that? It's going to be at Abundant Life Church in Berea. Um, when you guys go on my South social Carolina. media. Yeah, South Carolina. <laughs> Um, when you go on my social media, I have the flyer with the link and everything on there for you to go and get your tickets. But hold up. I saw on there that the ticket's free. Yeah, free. Free. And just because it's free, I know I just talked about for just because it's free. Trust me, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. Okay? So you so. <laughs> you you doing this for not only yourself, but to provide an opportunity to experience the mm -hmm. move of God for free to everybody else. You don't want anybody to miss it. So it's right. free. It's free. Only thing you have to do is go on Eventbrite, purchase the ticket at a cost of zero dollars, mm -hmm. and come on to the show. Bring somebody to the show. It's age appropriate for every age. From right. the youngest to the smallest to the oldest. Mm -hmm. It's something for everybody. Right. All right, guys. So we are getting ready to check out. Thank you, Mr. Morales Smalls. The Morales Smalls for interviewing with us on Sublime Minds. I think this is the first interview that you've done um, since the album um, has been put up and getting ready to be released. Mm -hmm. All right, Sublime Minds. We got an exclusive so please go follow, go like, go share Morales Smalls, all media outlets, all digital platforms. He has plenty more music outside of No Pain, No Purpose. Yes. Go check him out. I'll catch you guys next episode. And I'm mm. out.